tinfoil hat. Oh, what the fuck are you guys even talking about? Global controls will have to be imposed. And a world governing body will be created to enforce them. Welcome to tinfoil hat. We, we, we go deep, homeboy. Eric, open your mind. Drink. Good morning, Swarm, and welcome to Tim Fall Hat. You know who I am. You know I'm here to do. I am here to. Oh man, you got that was the second chance you had at that, and you still took forever. Uh, joining me, uh, he's somewhere deep, deep in the guts of East LA, Xavier Guerrero. What's up? I'm blaming that Mexican internet, dude. That rocket internet, Mexican internet. Yep, 100%. You have Los Practintos. That's what you have here. (laughs) What what is that? Uh, word on the street is we don't smoke the same has been nominated for a, a blunt a blunt tea is that true <laughs> yep it is 100 i didn't know how how'd you find out before i did dude i, I he gives him out talk. <laughs> <That's not talking>. <laughs> streets <laughs> the streets talk and i know everything if you guys want to hear xavier's cool show go to uh we don't smoke the same you could hear it on everything plus is it on is it on youtube it's on YouTube, any podcast app, and we go live. And uh, this Saturday and Thursday, we're going to be uh, have a mystery box, and it's going to be shit signed by Sam, Johnny Nice, and D Real. So, damn, I don't even know I signed yeah. something. Yeah, it's that's how, signed. I signed that's it for you. how mysterious <laughs> it is. I didn't even know I signed it, but it is signed. Check it out, grab it now, and on the ones or two live from Joe Rogan's studio. Uh, Johnny Woodard, how are you, Johnny? Uh, pretty good, man. Pretty good. Just uh, hanging out with my buddy Joe. We went and shot some elk today. It was cool. Are you Whatever. just eating that elk meat, bro? Yeah, I have a whole a freezer full of elk meat now, man. I eat it all the time. Are you guys time. just cooking Post elk photos meat? on Instagram. Yeah, I love posting photos on Instagram of my elk meat, you know? Just bragging. And you're just lifting kettlebells that look like monkey heads? Yep, yep. How did, how did, you, how did you know what I'm I doing? Are you like, I'm a big spying? fan. I'm a big fan. I'm okay. A big fan. okay. I have people on the ground there. Whispering to me. <laughs> okay. okay. Guys, if you want to see me live, first of all, I didn't get a chance to thank everybody in Raleigh. That was a um, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful weekend. And at at uh good nights, I had a great time. Thank you, Swarm, for coming out. God bless you. And let's do it again soon. If you want to see me live, I on March 4th, 5th, and 6th, I will be at, in New Jersey in Morris Plains at the Dojo Comedy inside Tiffs. Okay. I'll be doing that. Then the following week, I'm at FloatFest, floatfest.com. You can go grab that. I'll be there on the 10th. I'll be showing up about the 9th, do the show on the 10th, and then leaving on the 11th. So come get weird with me. It's a uh, free festival. Come check it out. And then after that, I am in Kansas City at the Comedy Club in Kansas City. All of those dates you can find on samtripoli.com. Also on samtripoli.com. You can find every episode. They're all there. All the episodes, the Tim Fall episodes are all getting uploaded as we speak. Go to samtriplee.com. It's not going to be on YouTube anymore. 
That's just the way it's going. Mm -hmm. They don't want us there. I don't need to be there. I got a million shows like Cash Daddy, my entertainment financial investment show, uh, uh, you know, uh, Broken Simulation, my comedy show. They're all there. You're going to get tons of Tripoli, but you can also get all those at samtripoli.com. Check out Broken Simulation, uh, Cash Daddy's Punch Drunk, if you can't get enough of me. If you're looking for some premium content, you can find me on Rockfin. Go to R-O-K-F-I-N.com. And I have two shows on there. I have my Zero podcast, which is my spiritual podcast, and my new sports podcast called The Greatest of All Time, Sports Talk. It's myself and Johnny Woodard. We will be there. I'm working on getting We Don't Smoke the Same on there as well. That will happen. Uh, if you're looking for me to just light up a senior citizen, you need to check out the latest episode of the Conspiracy Social Club. Brian Callen takes so many fucking L's. It's unbelievable. I mean, one time it was so bad, he almost quit the show, and I'm not even kidding. So go to patreon.com slash Brian Callen. <laughs> check that out. And then you have daily doses from me, Sam Tripoli, every at least three weeks, patreon.com slash tinfall hat and check that out if you want to get shirts some more look, look at that look at that that uh look at that nice looking shirt man it's called the swarm if you want t-shirts or anything like that go to tinfallhattshirts.com or samtripoli.com and you can also go there for mugs go to samtripoli.com so that's it anything else guys Cameos, cameos. You go hard on the cameos, the birthday cameos. Yeah, I got to get back to it, dude. Daddy's got a, uh, another babysitter he's got to take care of, so daddy's <laughs> got to start cranking out cameos. Okay, so come join me at cameo.com slash Sam Tripoli. I love you all very much. This is a great show. I'm super excited. I hope you guys will enjoy it, and uh, yeah, enjoy the show. Okay, super excited about this next guest, man. He is a filmmaker, a lecturer, an author. I mean, dude, he, this guy goes hard in the paint. He has a, a book called The Trail of the Nephilim, Definitive Proof of Biblical Giants. Please welcome L.A. Marzuli. How are you, sir? Hey, I'm great. Thanks for having me on, guys. Sorry I'm a little late, but uh, all is good, and here we are. Hey, you know what? The only thing we don't like if someone doesn't show up, so we'll take anybody late talking about the Nephilim anytime. So thank you for joining us. For our listeners who may not be familiar with you, L.A., could you please tell them a little bit about yourself? Well, I've, I've uh, let me see. I've, I've directed and produced um, nine films on my own. Number seven and number ten is coming out, but number seven in the series of Amitrail of a Nephilim is called Lost Civilizations. I'm actually in the edit mode right now. Written 13 books. The latest is called Counter Move, How the Nephilim Returned After the Flood. Had a lot of good reaction on that. Um, we'll probably have to go into a second printing here pretty soon. So that's just a little bit about what I do. I, I travel the world. I film in all sorts of esoteric and bizarre places. Uh, and uh, it's I count on an honor to be able to do that. Um, from Peru to Bolivia to Gilgal Raphaim in Israel to, the, uh, to Menga in Spain, all over the place. So when you go to your uh, high school reunion and everyone's talking about all the stuff going on in their life, they're like, what do you do? Well, you know, I manage a couple segues. What do you do? Well, I hunt biblical giants. That's kind of what I do. It's for fun. It's my thing. With bones. How, how, where does this story start? It actually starts about 30 years ago. 
Well, I mean, it, 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 the whole thing goes back into when I was a kid. I was just fascinated with, with all things uh, arcane, as it were. Peter Tompkins, Secrets of the Great Pyramid, Carlos Castaneda's stuff uh, on, on the wacky way of knowledge, all that. I was with a guru for like three years. My third eye was open. I mean, I've, I've been into this stuff forever. Uh, when I was 30, I had sort of a Paul on the road to Damascus experience, which changed my life. And about 30 years ago, I ran into this book called The Omega Conspiracy, uh, written by Dr. I.D.E. Thomas. He became a mentor. And that, that book changed my life, literally changed my life. And um, I'm basically standing on his research on his shoulders. He passed away in 2014 at the ripe old age of 94. Yeah. We've carried on his work. And that's, that's, what, that's what all this really stems from that one book, The Omega Conspiracy, because it was Dr. Thomas who opened my eyes to the reality of the Nephilim, the giants that we read about in the Bible. But what we did, uh, we took it to the next level. So if based on the premise that, hey, if they were here, then we've got to find evidence. And that's when, that's when we started the Omnitrail series. Yeah, we found evidence. It's global. It's everywhere. It's in the Americas. It'll, it'll blow your mind. When, once you start going into it, then we realize there's a hidden history, which has been deliberately obfuscated from the peoples of the world. And uh, that's why we're on the trail. When you talk to people about the fact that there's hidden history, what is the reaction you get? Because I feel like if there's ever a time to talk about hidden history is right now. Because what we're seeing, you know, I've had guests on, we've talked about kind of how like when when the masses get too smart, they, the elites kind of get a little weirded out and they like to kind of shish kebab our history so we don't know what's going on and generations can't learn from, the, you know, the generations before them, the younger generation from the older generation. And we kind of see that happening right now, right? We we see statues being taken down. We've seen the rewriting of history. Uh, we see the rewriting, the, the rewriting of how presidents are known. And so is this kind of like a good time for you to kind of be trying to reach the masses? Because we see this happening in real time. Well, it's amazing. Um, it is in real time. Absolutely. Things are twisted and obfuscated. Um, they're, they're redacted. They're reworked. They're revised. I mean, you know, it's just amazing what we see happening right now. When you go into archaeological circles, and I mean, I've, I've gone toe-to-toe with archaeologists. Um, I'll never forget a conversation I had with a professor at a, at a major college, and I won't, you know, I don't want to embarrass that person. But basically, it was a female. And I said, let me get this straight. So I've got my research shows that there was a medical doctor who uncovered a, a very, very large skeleton in his hometown. And he was brought to this, this skeleton. And he measured it basically at, at 12 feet. It was an upwards of 12 feet. Her response to me was, well, he didn't know how to measure. Which is, <laughs> yeah, Exactly. When I, when I say that to audiences, they just roll. Um, we're, we're told, like, I'll just give you one example. There's a site called Fort Ancient. It's in Ohio. I've only been there one time. Got to go back. because We didn't see the whole thing. It's, it's 3.5 miles of earthen walls constructed together. 
3.5 miles of earthen walls. So you got that in your head. We all know how long, you know, yeah. pretty much 3.5 miles. But the dirt is piled up 20 to 30 feet high. There are also 66 gates. Now, archaeologists say it's 67. We think it's 66. It's aligned to Hydra, the serpent. How do we know this? Because we were there on the spring equinox. And we checked the gate out with our iPhone. We had a celestial map thing on the iPhone. And right over that gate, right over the gate on the equinox was the serpent, Hydra. Very, very deliberate. All this is very deliberate. So this is where it goes off the rails. There's this guy, his name is Docent Jack, right? And he works there at, uh, at Fort Ancient. And we have a clip of him uh, talking to a, a group. And it's on YouTube. I have like, you know, 20 hits or something. So we snagged that. We gave, we gave credit to the guy who did it, but we snagged it. And basically he's going, okay, if we deconstruct the 3.5 miles of earthen walls, what does that mean? Because, you know, when you go there, you look at this and you kind of go, wow, it's a lot of dirt. You know, I, they, they must have been really busy. But when you deconstruct the 3.5 miles of earthen walls and you start filling dump trucks up, right? This is where it goes off the rails. You have 200 miles of continuous dump trucks filled to the brim, 200 miles. And we're supposed to believe that Native Americans did this with digging sticks, clamshell hose, and other primitive tools without wheelbarrows. They're, they're hauling all the dirt on their backs. Are you kidding me? And that's just one, one mound complex. It's a very large mound complex, but that's just one. So there's been a, there is a hidden history, which is managed, it's revised, it's manipulated. And when you talk to the archaeologists, they just, they just spew what they learned in college. Most of these guys and, and gals don't think for themselves. I mean, I've had some of them that will go, kind of go, yeah, I know what you're saying, L.A., but, you know, I can't go there. I'll lose my job, which is true. If you don't hold the party line. Oh, you're I mean, we're seeing that right now. All right, guys, today's show is brought to you by our good friends at Athletic Green, the most comprehensive daily nutritional beverage I've ever tried. And let me tell you, I have it every day. Every day, I throw some Athletic Greens. uh, I throw a little of some strawberries, some bananas, some orange juice, and boom, I am a rocket ship rocking, okay? With so many stresses in life, it's difficult to maintain effective nutritional habits and give our bodies the nutrition that it thrives for, okay? Busy schedules, poor sleep, exercise, stress, or simply not taking enough of the right foods happens all the time, okay? This is where Athletic Greens can help, okay? Their daily all-in-one superfood is your nutritional essentials, okay? It's easily, the, it's the easiest, most delicious nutritional habit that you can add to your healthy routine today and empower you to take ownership of your health. I have it every day. I have it every day. It is wonderful. Every morning helps get me going. I feel like I'm bing, 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 taking off. Okay. One tasty scoop of athletic greens contains 75 vitamins. I didn't even know there were 75 vitamins. I thought there was like 12. Now there's 75 vitamins, minerals, and whole foods sourced ingredients, including multivitamins, multi, uh, probiotics, green food, superfood blends, and more. All this working together to fill the natural gaps in your diet, increase your energy focus, aid with digestion, and support a healthy immune system, all without the need to take multiple products. F that noise. I take it every day. 
every day I drink it. It gets me in the morning. I watch my, I walk my dog. I got pep in my step. I got sunshine. I feel like a million dollars. Okay. And right now, Athletic Greens is doubling down on supporting your immune system during this winter months. Okay. They are offering my audience a free one year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs. Come on, dude. Everybody needs that D, right? And you're, with your first purchase, if you visit my link, you're basically never have to buy vitamin D again, okay? So whether you're looking for peak performance or better health, covering your bases with athletic greens makes investing in your energy, immunity, and gut health each day simple, tasty, and effective. I use it every day, okay? Simply, here's what we're going to do. Simply visit athleticgreens.com slash tinfoil and join health experts, athletes, health-conscious go-getters, podcasters searching for the truth around the world who make a daily commitment to their health every day. Again, simply visit athleticgreens slash tinfoil. That's A-T-H-L-E-T-I-C-G-R-E-E-N-S dot com slash tinfoil and get your free year supply of vitamin D's and five travel packs. So, I mean, what we're seeing right now, LA is, you know, I don't want to get too much into this virus that's going around, but there's all this information out there. And then you have people who are towing lines, you know, and, and like, there's just paychecks, whether, you know, we have law enforcement who's not dealing with like rioters, but like going into small businesses to shut them down because no one's got a mask on. You're like, why are you doing this? Well, it's my job. You know, it's like people don't, what people don't realize is that money can bribe doctors and scientists as well. You know, it's, it's not just strippers or whoever will do whatever for money, but you know, the science community goes where the money is. I mean, we're seeing a lot of stuff with Bill Gates and how he's controlling this narrative on everything because he's funded every magazine out there. He, he basically is the purse strings that allow these people to work. So 100%, if you don't toe the line, do you get tenure at your college? Do you get funding for your research? The answer is no, you don't. And money is, is king at this point. So if we had to sit there and say, who are the mound builders? Who would you, what, what would be your uh, best uh, estimate guess? My, my guess is that Native Americans copied the mounds and made some smaller ones. But, and this is, again, it goes off the rails. When the first white settlers pushed into um, Newark, Ohio, the area in Ohio, and they discovered this large circle mound, this mound complex, and they said, well, who built this? And Native Americans said, we don't know it was here when we got here. But you can't say that, because if you say that, you're a racist. Well, no, I'm not. You're a racist because you're not believing what Native Americans say. Today, uh, Native Americans say, we did not build a serpent mound, Chief Wallace of the Shawnee. We have her on the record stating that the Shawnee knew about the Serpent Mound, kind of protected it, but did not construct it, did not build it. So this is what you're up against. Um, And this is why I say almost in every film, there's a hidden history, which has been deliberately obfuscated from the peoples of the world. Something is going on here. I call the, the Great Circle Mound in Ohio Nephilim architecture, fallen angel technology. It's a phrase I coined a few years back. Because what we're looking at is something that doesn't make any sense. First of all, these sites, let's go back, you know, 
3,000, sometimes 4,000 years old. There's advanced geometry. There's advanced mathematics. There's advanced surveying techniques. There's, there's building techniques that you just kind of go, how did they do that? Uh, I'll just give you one example. In the Great Circle Mount, since we're talking about that, there's a moat that's in the interior of the circle. Now, this, you know, you kind of see, well, a circle. You know, what the heck is that, L.A.? You know, what was it, 50 feet across? Why not? How about get your head around this 1,200 feet? That's how big that thing is in diameter, 1,200 feet, a little over. So it's, it's, it's a big circle, all right? And, I, and I'll just tell you something. Let me, let me come to the punchline, then I'll circle back and tell you the first time I was there. So the Great Circle Mount in the interior, there's a moat which goes the entire, it follows the circle all the way around. So what we did, and we're the only team that's ever done this, uh, we hired a surveyor to say, well, we want to find out how level that moat is on the bottom. So he goes in with all this modern equipment and he goes, wow, it's basically between six inches and a foot. Essentially it's dead level because six inches to a foot that could have accumulated over a couple of thousand years in different points. So for all practical purposes, it's dead level. And that immediately begs the question, uh, how do you do that in the ancient world? Yeah. Good luck with that. So let, yeah. let me get this straight. And this is where, again, it just, it just becomes, yeah, there's the serpent now. Um, and all the, all the equinoxes and solstices. And it's, it's just, it's mind modeling. So we have adverse, advanced mathematics. Wow. We have, yeah, we, we have advanced surveying techniques and advanced building techniques all within this one site. So the first time I was ever there, I was in Newark, Ohio. I was at a conference and my friend Russ Dizdar called me and said, hey, lady, you know where you're going? I said, yeah, I'm, go I'm going to Newark, Ohio. He just starts laughing. He goes, no, do you know where you're going? I go, well, I'm, I'm going to Newark, Ohio, Russ. He goes, are you buying a computer? I say, yeah. He goes, Google Fritz Zimmerman's book, Fallen Angels in the Ohio Valley, the Nephilim Chronicles. So I do this, my jaw falls to the ground. I can't even believe it. So I find myself... I get on the plane the following day. I'm in Newark, Ohio. I'm with my driver taking me back to the conference, to the hotel, and back again. And I go, hey, um, you know where the Great Circle Mound is? Are we close to it? And he goes, yeah, we're about to pass it. It's up here about a half a mile. On the right, we've been going by it every day. And I go, what? He goes, yeah. So I go, listen, I'm off tomorrow. Tomorrow's Sunday. Uh, the conference closes by noon. I got free time just dropped me off there for a few hours. So he does. Following day, it's Sunday. He drops me off. There's nobody in the parking lot. There's nobody in the parking lot. I've done some homework. I, I kind of know what this thing looks like, where I'm going. But, you know, this is my first, my first voyage into this. And I'm just, you know, I'm kind of expecting. What am I going to see? So I walk up this asphalt path about four feet wide. I get to the top, to the right is a museum, it's closed. I turn to my left and I walk about 10 feet towards the entrance of the Great Circle Mound. And I freeze. I told, this is, I told this story before, I totally freeze in my tracks. I don't move a muscle. I'm like, every, every nerve ending is tingling. I'm experiencing something that I can't really intellectualize it yet. I can't articulate it. All I know 
as I'm looking at the rest of my life is going to be involved with this somehow. That's all I know. That what I'm, what I'm looking at is the rest of my life. It's one of those moments where I actually was hyperventilating. I was like, I was afraid to move. I was hyperventilating. And I just stared. And I didn't move a muscle. Five minutes, ten minutes, I, I can't tell you. And then slowly, I walked into it. And I didn't have a camera. I wasn't even filming back then. I walked into it very slowly and just looked around and just like utter disbelief at what I was looking at. And that was the beginning of it. Since then, I've been back to the Circle Mound numerous times. I've lectured there on a rainy day. I was sopping wet at the end of it. But it was worth it because that site, in my opinion, is a Nephilim site. It's highly charged. There was human sacrifice carried out there. We also believe that at the, at the entrance to the Circle Mound, there were at one time two very large serpent heads, just like the Great Serpent Mound in Ohio. Mm. So it was, it was my first um, episode into the Mound Builders. It certainly won't be the last. And since then, we've done, like I said, six films on Amitrail of Nephilim, and then I'm working on seven. So there you have it. So much hey, uh, to get into. I was going to ask something. Hey, uh, do you think the Native Americans ha- had any communication with the Aztecs or the Mayans since uh, they both have like a serpent on Scarlet? Because there's a temple of the, of the feathered serpent and it's the same thing with the equinox. Or the, you yeah. can see the serpent go down. Yeah, uh, the, yeah in Tuichiklan. Do they think you they were connected? They knew who they were? Same people? I think that they there's a definite connection there. Archaeologists will say no. I think there's a definite connection. And it's, it's the same entities that were um, uh, that they worship, Quetzalcoatl, the, fe- the feathered mm-hmm. serpent. Where does that come from? Why is it always the dragon? Why is the feathered serpent the dragon, yeah. right? Why is there always human sacrifice involved? Why is there exactly. bloodletting? And this is why we're on the trail, because this points to the bad guys. And this is why Humbat's man, we show about this uh, in our third film in the series, Secrets of the Supernatural Voices from the Other Side, where we show the Great Serpent Mound, and Hunbat's men, the Mayan elder, shows up with the Great Serpent Mound with the 13 crystal skulls and all the Mayan elders, and they're chanting. What are they doing there, folks? They're opening up the gateway. That's what they're doing. They're recharging that site. When we were there several years ago filming, and I've been to the Great Serpent Mound uh, three different times, there were, this, this was on the equinox, uh, the spring equinox, there were a coven, there were, there were a coven of witches that were there. They know exactly who it is that they serve, what's going on, and they know that this is a highly charged site. And we didn't really interact with them, but we flew our drone and we filmed and we did all the stuff, and that's all in Secrets of the Supernatural Voices to the other side. Hey, everybody, I want to tell you about our friends at CBD Lion. They reached out and hooked me up with some new products, Okay. One thing I really love are their gummy bears. So here's what I want the swarm to do. Check out CBD Lines products. Uh, they are perfect tools on your tube belt to help you deal with 2021. Their CBD line products are great for helping with stress, insomnia, pain, help overall well-being, improved body function. They have a huge line of products. I guarantee you'll find something that will work for you. There is even a quiz that helps you pick the best product for you that will help the most. How nice is that? They're helping you help yourself. Everything is third-party tested, so you know it has it gets the highest quality marks, and you'll get the highest quality product, okay? 
If this sounds like something that could help you, go to cbdline.com and enter the coupon code TINFOIL to get 20% off. That's CBD, like the animal, com. okay? And use the coupon code TINFOIL. Check them out. Read one of their 200 positive reviews. This stuff works. Give them a try, okay? I love them. You love them. Listen, when they went after Joey Diaz, they stood by him. They didn't pull their their sponsorship, and they stand by us. They come see live comedy. And let me tell you, man, if you're sober, they don't have any of that THC in it, okay? If you're looking for stuff with THC, they got that. But if you don't want THC, they have that as well. And I love their products. I use them all the time. So uh, I'm super excited about them uh, sponsoring the show. So once again, go to CBD line, lying like the animal. Okay, CBD Lion, like the animal.com, coupon code Timpo. Check them out. Okay, and what do you get with that? What do you get with that? Oh, damn. For our listeners, CBD Lion has a generous 20% off code for you. Go to CBDLine.com. Okay, enter the coupon code Timpo. The code does not expire. You use it as many times as you want. Okay, so whether you are in pain, looking to calm anxiety, erase some stress, or live a healthier life, CBD is potential alternative for you to look into. Okay, you know, so you know, one of the guests that we've had on here numerous times, it's kind of changed my view of everything, is uh, Matt LaCroix. And Matt LaCroix often talks about ancient civilizations and how, how like. Some some uh, some groups get credited with building something when in reality they probably just stumbled upon it and then just ended up um, just ended up kind of t- staking claim to it and trying to basically uh, you know imitate and replicate the last the what was done before, which is the Mayans and in particular the Egyptians the Egyptians and the, 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 the pyramids and everybody thinks those pyramids were built for, you know, these Pharaohs when there's never been a Pharaoh found in any of these pyramids ever, but that is the story that's told. And now we're finding, now I'm here about these mounds and these stories and all that stuff. And, you know, there's that giant, what everybody says looks like a hill. I mean, looks like a tree trunk. That looks, and everyone's like, that's a giant tree, possibly. And the Nephilim, who are the Nephilim? Who who are these giants? Where did they come from? Well, according to all my research and the biblical narrative, the Nephilim are the progeny of fallen angels and human women of Earth. Everyone wants to bang Earth chicks, right? They all want to bang Earth chicks. That's exactly what's going on here. It's unbelievable. And Earth chicks love demons because they're bad boys and they can piss their dads off, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's a little deeper than that. What did what did that? But that's something that's going on, yeah. But but what it what it hails back to, uh, and 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 most people have no idea of this ancient prophetic text thousands of years ago. And it says this, Genesis 3.15, that, and, and the serpent is there, Adam and Eve are there, and I believe the pre-incarnate Christ is there. And the one of Christ, said, one more time, sorry. The pre-incarnate Christ. In other words, you know, Jesus, Jesus shows up 2,000 years ago, but he also mm. shows up in the garden thousands oh. of years before that. 
So yeah, so it, it gets really, it gets cosmically deep, really, really I'm, deep. I'm all so, about that action. Oh yeah, it's just a mind blower. The, the deeper you go, the more your mind's blown. Absolutely. So he's there and he says something which is overlooked by most of the Christian church today. It's not taught so much because most people don't understand it. He says this to the serpent. He says, your seed, your offspring, to the serpent, your offspring, your seed will be at war at enmity with the offspring of the woman. What's coming from the woman, the one who will be born, which actually is himself, will crush your head. You will bruise his heel. It's the first prophecy that, that's in the biblical prophetic narrative, way back in Genesis 3.15. Well, three chapters later in Genesis 6, the whole thing explodes. The, the Nephilim around the earth in those days and also afterwards, when the sons of God saw the daughters of, of men, that they were beautiful, took wives, went into them in the biblical sense, and created a hybrid being. This, is, this, is, this resulted in the flood of Noah. And see, people don't connect that. It's not taught. But my mm. mentor taught that. It, it's connected. It's all connected. It goes back. We are in a seed war. And this will blow your mind. When, when, you jump, when, when you jump from the Genesis account in the seed war with the Nephilim until uh, today, modernity, the present day, right? You say, well, there's an ancient scripture that it will be like the days of Noah when Yeshua returns, that's what he says 2,000 years ago. He points back to the days of Noah and says, hey, guess what, guys? When I come back, it'll be like the days of Noah. And you kind of go, well, I don't understand what the days of Noah. This is the problem. And so what is interesting is it's like the days of Noah today. And this brings us into the UFO abduction phenomenon. And before you say L.A., you've got your tinfoil hat on. Yes, I'm I'm wearing it proudly. Wearing it proudly. We're all about that here. Here's the deal. UFOs went from before 2017 and Commander David Fravor revealing the reality of the tic-tac-shaped UFO, which Mm -hmm. he encountered uh, when he he flew Tucker Carlson. That's 2017. Before that, it was regulated to – uh, George Norrie, and I love George, been on his show numerous times, and tinfoil hat wearing people. Now it's mainstream. Hey, now I resemble that right? remark. And so do I. <laughs> <laughs> I used to have one in my, my house before it burned. And every now and then I would put it on. I'd put my tinfoil hat on and just, just stare at the camera and kind of wave. You know? <laughs> I'm wearing mine, mine proudly. So. So, I mean, that's, that's where we are. This is all happening in real time, and it connects back to the fallen angels. That's who uh, are, the, are the culprits here. So, I mean, like, when you, like, when I start studying all this stuff, ancient civilizations, eagle versus serpent, uh, you know, the, Neph- the Nephilim and all that stuff, it's like, you just start wondering, like, and, and this is gets to the point when people go, is everything a conspiracy? And I go, yeah, it really is. It really is from our language to our history, to our symbolism. They have shish kebabbed everything so much so that the, 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 the next generation doesn't know it's history. And when you don't know your history, you become very lost. You have no roadmap 
on how to deal with life. That has always been the job of the older generation is to show the younger generation how to navigate through whatever this is we live in. And that's kind of what I want to ask you. If you had to guess what we live on right now, who we are, what we are, what would, what, what is your belief? Well, when I, when I, again, when I'm speaking at conferences, um, sometimes I walk out and my first slide is the universe and I'll show a, a couple of pictures of the universe and I'll look at the audience and I'll say, okay, if America is analogous to the universe, in other words, let's say America is the universe, right? Analogous to the universe is planet earth in Los Angeles, Duluth, Walla Walla, Michigan, Tampa, Florida. And, you know, I get a few chuckles with that, but the bottom line is if we are intellectually honest, nobody knows where we are in this thing or what this thing is. Nobody, nobody has a flipping clue as to where we are or what this is. I personally believe we are in a holographic universe. I believe in the God of the Bible. I believe that we're in a massive war, ongoing war, which has gone on for millennia and is now the supernatural is spilling out in ways that just blow me away, specifically in regard to the UFO phenomena. But when you go back and you in the hidden history, when you go to places like Gilgal Raphaim in Israel or the Serpent Mound in Ohio, we get to see the fingerprints of the supernatural or Saksibaman, Peru. When you're standing there and your hands touch that those megalithic stones, some of them weigh 80 tons or more, and you kind of go, wait a minute, this is nothing to do with the Inca. Don't don't feed me this stuff. You know, don't sit there your goofy little, you know, whistle around your neck telling me that the Inca built this. Show me. The Inca can't. We can barely build it with cranes and lasers and all this other stuff. How did they move the stones? All they have is llamas, you know. That's it. Pre-Columbian, they got llamas. So what do we do? Hook up a thousand llamas to move an 80-ton stone? Not buying it not buying it fingerprints of a supernatural wouldn't you also need slaves for the for the mound did native americans have slaves didn't they have that would be a lot of like sand to move right for the mound yeah well that's the the thing but 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 what if what if you've got 10 and 12 foot nephilim that are first of all supernatural right that can work really fast much faster than a human they don't get tired number one so what does that look like? Well, let's circle back to Watchers 10, where I was actually contacted by a goon from the deep state because we exposed the Kandahar giant, which was shot in the Kandahar province of Afghanistan. And there was a platoon that got, had gone missing. And another platoon was dispatched 24 hours later to find the missing platoon. And as they came around the corner, they were way up on this mountain. They came around the corner. Up above them was this cave. And out of this cave came a 12-foot red-haired giant. Yes. With, with, with six fingers, six toes, double rows yeah. of teeth, screaming at the top of his lungs. And before anyone could do anything, this thing moved with such speed and agility. And he impaled one of the, one of the guys and held him up on a spear like this, and he was coming for the rest of them. Well, they shot him in the face. They basically almost decapitated him. He fell to the ground, and that's when, you know, they radioed in 
this thing was choppered out. We had another witness to it that was there like a year later. And the rumors around the Kandahar giant were all over the base, but you weren't allowed to talk about it. And when they went into cave fighting, their instructor was going, aim high, aim high. And they're all going, aim high? Why am I aiming high? You know, a guy's like six foot two, six foot three. You want me to aim like up to nine feet? What? They, they didn't understand it. Now we understand it. The bottom line is this. According to the eyewitness that I spoke to, who actually encountered this thing, and was one of his shooters, all right? This thing was 12 feet tall. It moved with such speed and agility that they'd never seen anything like it. It moved essentially with superhuman speed because it's part fallen angel, part human. It's a hybrid. So when you get that, all bets are off. And, you know, did they levitate the dirt? Did, I mean, we don't know. How did they compact the dirt? And, mm-hmm. and archaeologists don't know. They have no idea. How does the dirt compact it so that it doesn't erode? How does that work? So we're looking at a mixture of hybrid entities doing this, the supernatural um, being involved. And so it, 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 it's outside of our purview. In other words, when these angelic, these fallen angelic beings show up, they manipulate space, time, matter, and energy in yeah. ways that defy our physics. We don't, we, don't, we don't know how they do that, but they do it. Both the good guys and the bad guys. So, so, you know, you had to be excited when those WikiLeaks dumps dropped and Hillary's asking about where the Nephilim were buried. Uh, and, you know, we live in a time where, you know, the U.S. government is allowed to openly use propaganda against us and they they don't want us knowing if we're coming or going but when you saw that that had to be like wow that is almost official verification of this in, in a way right like she wants to know where they're buried and wondering why she wants to know that that's so, I, I found that so interesting I, I when that report came out my email box blew up but we we researched it Hillary was not requesting it. It was someone like someone like me could have requested that. It was it was a request to the with a Freedom of Information Act to Hillary Clinton because she was, you know, had had Secretary, Secretary of State, State at that time. Yes. But she did not originate the email. It came from a third party. It could have been you or me or anyone. But it was still mind blowing when we saw it. So someone was, you know, someone was wondering about the the tomb of Gilgamesh and all this other stuff. And we've, we've heard rumors about uh, the tomb of Gilgamesh, where that was one of the reasons why we went into Iraq. Uh, all that's, you know, the, the type of uh, tinfoil hat stuff that keeps us going, but there's no way to vet it that I know of anyway. So, you know, we've seen so much stuff, uh, different, different parts of the world, different skulls and stuff like that and these elongated skulls and what these elongated skulls mean and do you, have you done any research into those elongated skulls are there aliens are they are they giants uh, were they royalty there's a lot of people think that the, the you know a lot of the royals across the world in different cultures yeah look at that there we go oh, there. here we, there go. we go 
No, I, I haven't. I haven't done any research on this at all. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. Look at that. You must have the wrong guy. <laughs> our, our team, it, it's episode six, DNA, the final result. Our team was the only team that, that actually did real DNA research. Now, there may be others uh, who said that they did. One was from UCLA. But when we, when we actually said, okay, where, where's the evidence? They wouldn't talk to us. This is an elongated skull. It, it's not obviously a mold, a one-to-one mold. So it's not a giant. But there are so many genetic anomalies in the skull. And this is why uh, our episode six um, of, with DNA, the final result, is so pivotal. Because we show, first of all, that this skull here does not have what is known as a sagittal suture. It's not there. It's not there. Yeah. So these, these are sutures that you see in the back. Yeah, right yeah, yeah. These are sutures. You can see that there's no sagittal suture. There should be a suture that goes like this. And, and what would that, what would that uh, indicate if it went over the top? Well, human beings have a sagittal suture. The fact oh. that it's lacking a sagittal suture oh, tells me, okay. and, and this is what we, when we sat with our, we look in this film, we've got doctors, surgeons, optometrists, archaeologists, uh, arch, uh, uh, anthropologists, all coming on the record. Our, our optometrist said, "Look at the eye sockets. These are thirty percent larger than a normal human beings, and the pupillary distance between them is also narrower. So when you add these things together, this thing could basically see in the dark." That, that's what we're thinking. You cannot get this, arrive at this through cranial deformation, cranial headboarding. The biggest thing was by Rick Woodward. And Rick Woodward was our anthropologist. This is known as the foramen magnum. Now, this, this hole was put in by the molder, Joe Taylor. Joe Taylor created the mold um, to make this. So when Joe makes the mold, he takes the foramen magnum and makes it, put, packs clay in it, so you can insert a dowel in it, all right? right? But what you're looking at right here, these are the foramen condyles, and this, this area right here is the foramen magnum. You'll notice that it's completely pushed to the posterior of the skull, all the way to the back, all right? right. A normal human being, the foramen magnum should be about here. Oh, really? Yeah. So that's a smoking gun. You uh... can't. You cannot move the position of the foramen magnum. You can't do that, all right? The foramen magnum, once again, should be in here. It's not. It's pushed all the way back to the posterior or to the occipital, the rear plate of the skull. So there's a couple of things. One of the Nephilim tribes is known as the long necks, all right? And we've had doctors and medical people that came on the record stating that, um, in their opinion, because of the position of the foramen magnum, you would it would necessitate a longer neck to balance it, uh, which is really interesting. Absolutely incredible. The DNA cool. evidence that we did, we took 58 samples from 18 different skulls. Our team was the only team that's ever done that, to the best of my knowledge. We had three labs examine it. Uh, many of the, the samples showed a Middle Eastern or Eastern European haplogroup. A haplogroup comes from the maternal side uh, of the equation, the, the mother's side of the equation. And it showed 
Middle Eastern, Eastern European. That rewrites history. And of course, they didn't like that because it rewrites history. And it points that our, our hypothesis um, has a certain amount of validity to it because we believe these are Nephilim. And if they are Nephilim, then they would show their origins in the Middle East or in Eastern Europe, which is exactly what we see. So it, it proves a hypothesis. And of course, now we can't even get them to test our stuff uh, because, you know, they, they don't, once again, the truth is thrown to the street. You don't want the to truth hear is dangerous and they don't want us to know how special we are. So, I mean, like you're talking about, again, we're getting to like Nephilims. We're getting into Anunnaki, Mesopotamia, like, 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 you know, the, what, what we see going on right now, in my humble opinion, is a spiritual war. We, you know, they have all the money they could ever spend in a bazillion lifetimes. They have all the power they could ever wield in a billion lifetimes. Everything is, is spiritual. And that's why when I take a look at like, when I, when I look at like what's going on in the Middle East, in particular, you know, Israel, Syria, Iraq, Iran, Armenia, all those different, that whole area, which is Mesopotamia, you know, that area and a little outside of that. It's like, why is that the, the craziest war zone right now? Is it really Judea, you know, uh, and Christian versus Muslim? Is it really about oil? Because they're finding oil all over the place. Like they find, you can find oil in your backyard. I mean, like we find, we're fracking, there's oil everywhere. Why is that area so important? And I believe because that's the where all the ancient knowledge is. When we went in to Iraq, we the first thing we did was go into their museums and start grabbing all these artifacts and hiding them probably at the Vatican into that library that has all this insane information about who we are, where we are, what we want, and what we're really about. What are your thoughts on that whole area and what's going on over there? Well, we call it Nephilim Central, um, and because that's where everything came from. And when Joshua and Caleb, about 3,500 years ago, pressed the conquest of the Promised Land, the Nephilim tribes were there. And it's been our hypothesis that when Joshua and Caleb went in, they realized, oh, crap, the jig's up. This is the real God, and he's coming to get us. And so they flee. They flee the Levant. They, they ran out of there, and they, they went westward. Um, we know that the Phoenicians, more than likely, are a, are a, are a Nephilim tribe or descent from the, because the Phoenicians are descendants from the Canaanites. The Canaanites is a, blo- a broad term to be used for, for Nephilim. Uh, they certainly were. Uh, Nephilim were, were part of that whole, whole deal. When we, when we did our work uh, at America Stonehenge in Salem, New Hampshire, um, we discovered that there was a stone with Iberian Punic written on it, which had lay in the museum for 11 years. No one could translate it. It was found in a collapsed chamber on the site. That site is 4,000 years old. So when Dr. Barry Fell heard about this, he went there and was able to translate it. And what it said was, to bow of the Canaanites in dedication. What, what's that doing over in New Hampshire? Why is that there? It shouldn't be there. And yet it's there. Give me a second. I got I got Give me a second. All right. Okay. 
Fascinating, right? Also, that skull. I mean, if that is a human, there's no way that survives. You know what I mean? That's not something that's going to live with those kind of deformities. You know what I mean? It's like that yeah. puppy we saw on the news the other day with, like, the Cyclops One puppy. Eye. Remember? Yeah, yeah. Just That would not live. And the people trying to say those are humans are just, I mean, they're dreaming. It is crazy. Thanks, guys. Sorry. The dog's barking. I had to get the wifey to go get him. But no, look, I mean, this, this is what I'm talking about. This is hardcore science. And I'm jumping out of my seat here. This is real science. This isn't, you know, um, excuse me. I'm not wearing my tinfoil hat here now. This is <laughs> hardcore science. It's in your face science. That goofy machine in the lab doesn't give a hoot. What I believe, what my worldview is, it doesn't care. All it knows is put the sample in and it's going to spit out the information. And that's what it did. It spit out the information. And the information was, haplogroups, Middle East, Middle Eastern origin, European origin, and that rewrites history. But they, do you, do, I'll tell you something, do you realize that, that we, we are now like blacklisted in, in, uh, on these labs? Because, you know, well, you know, it's, it's like, don't, don't, don't do DNA testing on, on these Peruvian mummies. It'll only get you into trouble, blah, 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 blah. So we can't even get stuff tested anymore. And that's, you want to talk about discrimination? You know, I mean, this is discrimination. I'm being discriminated against because I have a biblical worldview. Well, we can't have that in science. God forbid maybe some of what L.A. Marzulli is telling us actually happened. Well, the DNA proves it. And in our film, DNA, the final results, the medical doctors, all the people that weigh in on the film say that this thing is genetic. It's not cranial deformation. It's not cradle headboarding. There are other people who, you know, like Brian Forrester. Without Brian, I wouldn't even know about this. So kudos to Brian. But it was my team. I, I, I got to, you know, set the record straight. It was my team. And we had one donor that gave us a ton of money that enabled all this to happen. I assembled the team. I assembled the labs. And down we went. And Mondo Gonzalez, our head archaeologist, was the guy that wrote the paperwork. And Rick Woodward, our head anthropologist, was the guy that figured out the foramen magnum was in a completely abnormal place than a normal human being. So it was a great team effort. And that's why, you know, that's why we made the film, to set the record straight. If you're interested, you can go to streaming.lamarzuli.net. Streaming.lamarzuli.net. Rent all six, binge watch them. For under you know twenty five dollars, give me a break. <laughs> give them a break. Sumerian tablets. We got Sumerian tablets. We got Anunnaki. Are the Anunnaki and the uh, the Nephilim the same? Are they di- are they are they the same group right there? Now, are, let, me, let, me right, that. let me answer that. Let me answer okay. that, Sam. Then I got the Anunnaki and the fallen angels are the same. Okay, they're the same in my opinion. Okay, and then they bang Earth chicks, and Earth chicks have our, our Nephilim. Is that what it is? And that's then... one way to put it. Bingo. Okay, what then we the, have the Olmec heads. The the Olmec heads are they part of the Anunnaki or the Nephilim? The big heads that they find. That's a whole different deal. Not sure what they are. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. But that's that's a different deal. I don't know. There's just so many. It's so interesting now. If we listen to, you know, conspiracy theorists, I mean, or before I started the show, the belief was there's a 10th planet, planet X, 
that's where they came from. The, but these Anunnaki came from. My whole opinion is the more and more I study all this stuff, I start studying dimensions, I start coming from the belief that the Anunnaki were low frequency uh, uh, beings from a different, a lower a frequency dimension. And that this is my, where we live is very special. And there's this battle between high frequency and low frequency. And it's all about controlling this stuff, which goes again to my opinion about this being a spiritual war. Like, do you, I know you said we don't know where we live, but like your thoughts, is it, is it inter, are aliens interdimensional? Are they, are they from space? Then, you know, these guys come and they hang out and they hit on our chicks and then, a praxis of snake, chicken snake. God sends down shape-shifting Jesus to battle them. That's an agnostic view of that. But what are your whole thoughts on all that? Yeah, I honestly think that the whole um, so-called extraterrestrial presence is actually interdimensional entities Bam! That, that come in and out. Um, and this is why they can manipulate space, time, matter, and energy. The craft, however, are real. Not all of it, but a lot of it, what you see is real. Um, and how do I know this? When the, when the government finally admits that they have in their possession off-world vehicles not made on this earth, well, that's, that's true. They do have that. Bob Lazar talked about that in the 90s. He was called, drumroll please, a tinfoil hat guy. But he, Bob's always worn his tinfoil hat proudly, just like all of us here. And um, there you go. They have them in their possession. They have had them since probably, um, oh, I don't know. Uh, the late forties, early fifties. Roswell. Yeah, probably. So, so, you know, a big thing, you know, the super black pill guys. You know, you'll talk to them. There's blue pills. There's black. There's red pills, and then there's the black pills. And the black pills are always like, you know, there's no emotion. There's no hope. There's no nothing. And one of the big black pill situations is that you know, Project Bluebeam. We hear a lot about that, that, that you know, the government's going to fake a, uh, going to fake an uh, alien attack to bring humanity together. Now, that could be like, oh, that totally makes sense. We're seeing now Elon Musk sending up all these, these satellites in the, into the atmosphere. That could be the AV unit for that. I don't know. Uh, and then sometimes, could that be a counter to get people not to believe in interdimensional things and that any alien stuff is just the government lying to you to, so you never really look into that. What is your whole thoughts on that? Well, I think it's a mixed bag. I think that, you know, blue beam was, has been used and will be used again. But I also believe that uh, these entities are being held back. Something is checking them. Something's holding them back. And there's something that, that I believe in, which is called the rapture of the church. Because uh, the dragon knows that it, his time is short. He's not kicked out of the second heaven yet, but he will be soon. And when that happens, he knows his time is short. So when he really is, is here, something, something restrains these things from just manifesting. Because they, they could just show up and everything changes. And when they do show up, everything will change. I mean, all it takes is a mile-wide craft parked over Paris, and that's it. The world as we just know it is in total lockdown. I hope you guys realize that. That when they show up, oh, it's not business as usual. 
The whole planet, just like COVID, which is a dress rehearsal for it, in my opinion. The whole stinking planet shuts down. And all we talk about is what, what we're looking at here. Everything shuts down. All air travel ceases. Everything shuts down. Bam. That's it. We all look at what's going on. People of the world take note. And that's the game changer. And that will bring everything into the new world order. But will opinion. it be real or fake? It will be real. It'll be real. Are you are aware of the – I mean, in saying that, you you put yourself at odds with this group of people who think that there's going to be this alien event that's um, a projection, you know, or a, a manifestation by the government. Um, I'm, I'm curious. What would you say to, to, to refute that if you – do you have some, some evidence that it might be real? Well, I mean, they're, they're seeing them all over the place. I've seen two. The phenomenon is real. Yeah, I'm inclined to agree with you, but I just want to say that. But I'm just playing devil's yeah. advocate here. No, I got it. The, the, the craft are real. So why they do have blue beam uh, and, and they may or may not, you know, try to go out with something like that. We are we everything has changed since 2017. Let me let me just tell you what I mean. In 2017, Commander David Fravor, F-18 pilot, yeah. was on Tucker Carlson's show. So the first thing you got to ask is like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. This guy, Commander David Fravor, with all due respect, the former F-18 pilot, doesn't have a book, doesn't have a DVD. He's a flipping nobody. Nobody knows who this guy is. Yet he's on Tucker Carlson primetime. How does that happen? How does that happen? Who calls whom on the phone and go, hey, uh, next Friday, we want this guy on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll give you the film. Interesting. Uh, Here are the questions we want you to ask him. No, 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 no. Next Friday. Okay, thank you. Click. That's how it's done. So the first rung of disclosure on the the disclosure ladder was Commander David Fravor, Tucker Carlson. Second rung, Luis Elizondo, who's part of ATIP, right? Elizondo comes on. We have metal that's been retrieved from UFOs. The third one, Chris Mellon comes on. Third rung, disclosure ladder. Chris Mellon comes on. Tucker and also other shows. And basically says, yeah, we tested the metal. There are isotopes that are, we found in the metal that are not on this planet. They did not originate on this planet. That's the third mm-hmm. rung of the disclosure ladder. Fourth rung, Pentagon admits UAPs are real, unidentified aerial phenomena. That's the Pentagon. So they don't call them UFOs no. <laughs> because then they would have to wear a tinfoil hat. Yeah. So they just call them UAPs, unidentified aerial phenomena. But it's the same flipping thing. Give me a break, okay? So that's the fourth rung of the disclosure ladder. The fifth rung is our government admits that we have in our possession vehicles, off-world vehicles, not made on this earth. The sixth rung is Commander David Fravor back on Tucker Carlson, stating that when he got near that tic-tac-shaped object, it jammed his radar. That is an act of war. That's an act of war. The seventh one, which just happened fairly recently, was basically once again stating that the metal that we that we discovered it has it's not doesn't originate on this planet, and that it when it's going to change the way we live. That was that's very recent. It's going to change the way we live. So number eight, rung number eight on the disclosure ladder. And by the way, I have no no idea how many rungs there are. There yeah. could be ten. There could be twenty. But number eight, more than likely, at some point soon, they got to roll out the video. They got to roll out the video from Roswell, uh, from Aurora, or some of these other places. And, okay, folks, here they are. 
the undeniable video is what you're saying, right? Yeah. That's what they're going to do. They have to. So you you think Bob Lazar is in the same category as all of them? Just another person to uh, ease us into it? Bob Lazar, I I actually talked to him. I interviewed him years ago in the the, the 90s. And he's never changed his story. Mm -hmm. Never. It's always the same. Uh, He talks about uh, the sports model, talks about what he did. Uh, his life was in danger. There's no doubt about that. They tried to erase him and almost succeeded. He got into some funky stuff, which discredited him. But, you know, people do weird things. I get that. But in my opinion, Lazar is a very straight shooter. And everything that he's t- telling us now has come to fruition. There's no, no doubt. It's here. Um, you know, just, just turn, just go back and look at what, these, what they're saying. So there you go. Uh, so, so you know, we're dealing with a lot of science here, but how much science can explain spirituality? A big thing a lot of people are talking to me right now about the age of Aquarius and the power dynamic shifting in our world and how, in my humble opinion, this is just me, but I'd love to hear your opinion, this, uh, we're seeing a lot in this country of this movement by the elites to try to show us that we have no say, we have no power, that they will do as they please. And we're seeing this just projected on every show, whether it's an election, whether it's like, you know, Biden's kid and all the laptop stuff, nothing happening, this GME stuff, where it's like, oh, we're just going to stop the, the, here are the rules. Oh, we're going to stop the rules. So you can't make any more money and all this stuff going on over and over again, you know, and this COVID stuff where it's like, Oh, now you need two masks. Now you need to take the vaccine and you got to wear a mask and you got to do this. And and it's just never ending. Like in my humble opinion, and and maybe this is just loaded, but I just think this is the death rattle of this powerful group of people running stuff and we're entering this new age of Aquarius where we're, we're elevating to a higher dimension. Any thoughts on that? And yeah. maybe it's not a question, but me just going, am I crazy? Well, I would say this, what everything that you said is, is accurate. This is where we are. But in my opinion, having studied the prophetic literature that we find in the guidebook of the supernatural, i.e. the Bible, it talks about the time of Jacob's trouble. It's a seven-year period, unlike any other period on earth. In fact, uh, Yeshua, Jesus tells us that unless days, those days were shortened, no flesh would survive. So something is coming, which is unprecedented. <laughs> we had a, a glimpse of what the beast system will look like a year ago in March, where the planet shut down. We're getting glimpses of the control that the beast system will have over your life and my life, where you won't be able to travel. Um, we know from the scripture that it talks about that no one will be able to buy, sell, or trade without this little mark on the back of their hand or in their forehead. Our work in our watches series on the implants, which we removed from a guy who added it in there 40 years ago, um, that, in my opinion, is the prototype to what is known as the mark of the beast. So you, you won't be able to join the beast system unless you have this mark. And by the way, when the aliens, so-called aliens, which are nothing more than fallen angels, interdimensional beings, when they show up, they will tell us that, oh, guess what? When you, when you take this implant that we give you, 
you'll live disease free to three to 500 years. It'll elongate your lifespan three to 500 years. The line for that will be around the block. So all this was prophesied. It's in prophetic literature, but you need the key to open that book. That's, that's the deal. You need the key to open the book so you understand it. And, and that key is available to anybody, but, but you got to know where to get it and how to get it. Well, I mean, like it, that gets back to the spiritual war. You know, we've talked about this a lot on the show and that how like, you know, we enter the age of Aquarius, the, the religion of the, the elites is transhumanism. And this whole notion of trapping us in this realm. So when people are like, oh, I get to live three to 500 years, that's trapping you here. You're, you know, based on my beliefs, and I'm not pushing this on anyone, I'm just telling you my beliefs and how this pushes against that, is that we're here to learn lessons of, of the universe and how to be better people and treat people better. And that, you know, that we're the one universal consciousness and the notion of being trapped here goes against all of that. Like, do you have any thoughts on that? I mean, like, I don't know, Johnny, you know, we've talked about this before. Do you want to live 500 years? Nope. Do what for 500 well, years? Well, it depends on what you mean by that. I, don't, I mean, if I could do it naturally, yeah, of course. But if, if it requires some kind of, no, oh, I mean, something awful. Like, do you, you don't No, age? but I'm saying if I could do it in good health, you know, and everybody else was also, I don't want to be the only, I don't want to be like Methuselah, you know, like a thousand years old. I, I you know, I want to, I would like to do it in good health. Yeah. With my family, obviously. I mean, family is it's the thing I care about most. I just want to see my family age and, and live their life. So, uh, yeah, if I could do it in a healthy way with my family, obviously I would. Yeah. But not with, like I said, not with some kind of, you know, technological intervention. Uh, certainly not. No. L.A., your thoughts on all that? Well, everyone's looking for immortality. I mean, that's been the quest. That is the quest of the elites. The elites are looking for immortality. Uh, that's the whole idea of transhumanism. Well, we're promised in the guidebook of the supernatural, i.e. the Bible, we are promised eternal life. We are. Um, there, there's a, there's a, you got to get your <laughs> ticket punch. There, there's a way to get it. Um, and that's why the truth of that has been obfuscated. Just the simplicity, the simple truth of the biblical narrative has been so twisted and whacked out that, you know, people kind of go, whoa, what is this? Well, all, all a person has to do is understand and, point, and, and acknowledge the one who was sent and then acknowledge that we need um, some, something, someone to take that that sin away from us. And that's the miracle of 2000 years of Christianity. That's what it does. And, and it's called being born again, which happened to me 40 years ago. That, that changed everything. That changed. Look, I've been on the other side of the aisle, guys. You know, I, I Carlos Castaneda vision quest. I was with the guru for three years. All right. I mean, I read Ospensky. I lived it. I lived it. And all those things are real. But then I had the Paul on the road to Damascus <laughs> experience where I became born again, a spirit filled that changed everything. And what, what's bizarre is when, when he begins to speak to you, that's when it gets trippy. And he LA, speaks, LA, I'm curious. Sorry. Uh, through the word. When you say those other things are real, uh, are, are you implying that they're also po they were positive experiences? I mean, do you think that they're coming from a place of truth also? No, I'm curious. 
No, okay. It, they, they masked the truth. Like, like when my third eye was opened by the gurus, Mahatma, um, I saw stuff when I would astral project. I saw stuff when I did Carlos Castaneda vision quest. Uh, I saw stuff. Stuff mm. happened. I get it. I, I saw Mahatma dematerialize and, de- and materialize 100 yards down the beach in California. Watched it with my own eyes. Right? Wow. I mean, how, do you, how do you explain that to people? He communicated with me telepathically, but he was tapped into an energy just like Kunbat's men and the Mayan, so-called Mayan priests and all that. There's a price that you pay. If you want to become a shaman in any of the tribes, specifically the tribe in the Southwest, in order to become a shaman, and I know this for a fact, because I've, I've talked to uh, a guy, uh, Jimmy Etsetti, who is now a pastor, but you know he was, he was um, uh, studying to be a shaman. And the last thing, in order to get the power, he had to kill a family member. He couldn't do that. Oh. He, couldn't, he couldn't kill a family member. So he fled the reservation. And wow. then caught up with Jesus, like, you know, five or six years later, he became Whoa. a pastor. But he, he was the one who told me that. That's guarded knowledge. That's guarded knowledge. And that's, you know, it was an honor for me to sit down with Jimmy Etzetti and have him be that open and tell me, this is, yeah, in order to get the power, this is what you have to do. Uh, this guy called Curtis, who, Navajo. And so Jimmy, Jimmy Etzetti was Navajo, pure blood Navajo. Same thing with Pastor Curtis, pure blood Navajo. And he talked to me about, um, I shouldn't say the, the name, but I'll, I'll uh, if you have a chat, I'll, 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 I'll type it in the chat. Yeah, there's chats right down there. Yeah, I just did. Oh, so that's snap. what it is. Oh, okay. That's what it is. And uh, some people would call it a dog man or a wolf man. Well, he's 16 years old. And he's with his other friends. He took me to the place. And this thing comes screaming over one of these hills. And it had the head of a wolf, hands of a wolf, the legs of a man, but the, the, the feet of a wolf. And it chased them. They were totally freaked out. Well, five years later, Curtis is 21. And uh, his father, who's a pastor, gets this call from one of the, one of his parishioners, you know, they, they called the shaman, the medicine man. He's, he's coming to kill us and our family. So he grabs Curtis, go, let's go, grabs his Bible, hops in the pickup truck, screams over to the place where these guys live, jumps out of the truck and goes, where is he? He's not afraid at all. Where is he? And they point and he goes running up to this thing and basically just, you know, it's, it's called spiritual warfare, not his power but the power that he's translating. Wow. And, you know, I mean, I could tell you stories like this. The cows come home. That's what it is when a person becomes born again and spirit filled. And it, it takes years, you know, to be able to wield that power. Uh, but, but yes and no, a believer in the first five minutes, if, if he's confronted with a demon and he knows his authority that he has in Jesus can expel that demon. You know, if you don't know your authority, then good luck. And if you're if you've ever been around a demon possessed person, it's very hard to think because you're into the supernatural at that point. And they can screw with you. They can put images in your head, they can cloud your memory. And that's why as a believer, you gotta take authority over it. 
So we're talking aliens, Nephilim, uh, paranormal. You think that's all part of the spiritual war? Absolutely. And I like, I just, I just think that every movie ever made is all going on at the same time. And that's how special this, and this, this simulation that we're in is like, are you checking off levels? Like you got to unlock levels to be able to see all this stuff. And so crazy la man great episode man thank you so much for coming on you're you have an open door policy to come and talk anytime i'd love to just next time have you just go full spiritual and uh have a fun conversation about that because i'm all about that action um if you want our listeners to check out yourself please tell them where they can find you you go to lamarzuli.net lamarzuli.net uh you can you can stream all the dvds so you don't, you know, instant gratification by going to streaming.lamarzuli.net, streaming.lamarzuli.net, our new book, Counter Move, um, if you're flying out of here. But basically, it was a very difficult book to write, and it talks about, the, the, it's called Counter Move, how the Nephilim returned after the floods. So you'll find that interesting. So are you saying that the floods were there to wipe out the, 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 the Nephilim? Nephilim? Yeah, that's what it was there for. Whoa. Yeah. It's move, Whoa. counter move, move, counter move, move, counter move, move. Sodom and Gomorrah, same thing. The Tower of Babel, same thing. It's move, counter move, move, counter move, all throughout this, the biblical narrative. Once you see question. that, the book quick, explodes. Quick question. I mean, you go to the Aztec pyramids and you go to the pyramids in Egypt and they got people taking care of them and making sure people don't fuck with theirs. Do you think that that serpent mounds and all those mounds, they should be a little bit more taken care of? Like instead of just going and walk up in there and step on all this stuff. Oh, you mean like somebody, there should be people whose job it is to make sure nobody desecrates them or, yeah, they, like, or leaves garbage around them or any of that stuff? I mean, at least over there, they charge for you to take pictures and shit. And they use it and they put it back into the place. I mean, here he just said he showed up and no one told him anything. He could have walked around. His dog could have took a shit and no one would have picked it up. It just seems like it's so, someone should have took it. Just like poverty, uh, poverty point. No one takes care of it. It's just, it just sits there. Have, have you been to poverty point, Zavi? No, I've just seen, I've just seen pictures of it. And it looks amazing on how big it was for the Native Americans. And no one talked about it. Mind boggling. We've been there and filmed there. Mind boggling place. And, and the geometry there is unbelievable. Wow. Yeah. L.A., thank you so much for coming on. We, can, right, we can talk to you all day. Thank you so much. And uh, please come back sooner than later. We'd love, love to do to. it again. And uh, thanks for everything you do. And thanks for spending some time with us. Guys, thank you so much. We love you. Uh, we love you very much, Swarm. I hope you enjoyed it. And I hope to see you guys in New Jersey soon. Take care. We go deep, homeboy. Aaron, open your mind. Drink from the fountain of knowledge. There's lizard people everywhere. That's some interdimensional shit. Wake up, Aaron. This is only the beginning. Dude, you just blew my mind. Tim foil hack, tin foil hack, tin foil hack.